You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode 10. Now, I am really excited to chat with you about this topic today because it's a doozy. Self-care is all the rage in our culture. I mean, everywhere you look, people are telling you you need more of it, yet somehow nobody ever seems to have enough time for it, do they? It's just one of those things that gets pushed off to the back burner for one day when you have more time. Am I right? Yeah, look, I gotta be honest. You know me. I shoot from the hip. I tell it like it is. And frankly, self-care is not enough to battle burnout or to help you manage stress. Because the truth is, stress can't be managed. And burnout is inevitable if you're wasting your time and energy on the wrong things. And all the self-care in the world won't help that, which is why most self-care practices are a total waste of time. So today I'm gonna show you what you need to focus on instead to find that me time you really want and need and deserve. So let's get into it. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Hello, my friends. Did the topic of today's episode catch your eye? It's true. I don't believe in self-care. At least, not the kind of self-care you typically think of when people talk about self-care. In fact, if you and I were chatting in person over coffee right now, and I were to ask you, what do you think of when you think of self-care practices? My guess is you would say some of the things that maybe pop into your head first, things like massages or pedicures or a spa day, a hot bath, maybe journaling, gratitude journaling, reading, going for a walk, taking a day off. These are all the kinds of things that are top of mind for most people when you talk about self-care. In fact, if you Google self-care, your search will return millions of hits, at least at the time of this recording, because I just did it, with all kinds of articles telling you about more things, lists of things you need to do if you want to practice self-care. Aha, there it is. Guys, you know I'm all about doing less, right? There's a reason you're listening to this podcast, the Effortless Podcast, where our whole purpose is about showing you how to accomplish more while doing less. It's about creating a life that doesn't depend solely on your time, your energy, or your effort. A life that feels easy and effortless. And it's so subtle. Do you see how our culture imposes this subtle pressure on you to always be doing? Even when you're looking up better ways to take better care of yourself, to take a break, to find more me time, all you get is lists of more things to do. It's crazy. And I think this is one of the major, major reasons why on an unconscious level, people resist self-care. It's just one more thing they got to do. And it's not important as all the other things they've got to do. Nobody wants another checklist of things they need to check off. Heaven forbid a daily self-care checklist. Come on. No way. 20 ways to practice more self-care. Like I'm laughing over here. It's just flat out overwhelming. Nobody has time to do 20 more things. Even if you said, okay, just pick one or two of those things on that list, it still adds more mental pressure, more to do. Getting meals on the table and running errands and, of course, that mile-long list of work tasks and helping the kids with homework and taking the dogs for a walk and, you know, the laundry doesn't fold itself. I mean, it's no wonder even one or two self-care practices of any kind gets pushed to the back burner. It just takes more time. It's just one of those things that, oh, that would be so nice if I had more time for, but I don't, so I can't do it. And so we stay busy at breakneck speed until eventually we burn out. 
And I totally get it because I have been there. I have walked that walk. And for as long as I can remember, I have been the kind of person to put pressure on myself to do my best in every single area of my life. Now, maybe you know this about me, maybe you don't, but I was homeschooled. And the curriculum my mom wanted us to use was honestly one of the most challenging ones out there. And all of my other friends used excellent programs that were less demanding and less homework heavy. And sure, I would complain to my mom about this heavy workload because I thought my friends had it so easy. But truthfully, on a deep level, I had like the secret sense of pride that I was successfully making it through one of the most challenging curriculums out there. And if you weren't homeschooled, because, you know, I'm sort of a rare breed and I get it, I think think of it like this. Let's say you have two schools in your hometown. Both of them are amazing, yet one is known for being a little bit harder than the other. The workload is more demanding. The teachers are a little bit more strict. And their whole purpose is just, right, they're pursuing this academic excellence. And I get it because I've been there. I have literally walked that walk. I mean, for as long as I can remember, I have been the kind of person to put pressure on myself to do my best in every single area of my life. Now, maybe you know this about me, maybe you don't, but I was homeschooled. And the curriculum my mom wanted us to use was honestly one of the most challenging ones out there at that point in time. All of my other friends used excellent programs that were less demanding. There was not as much homework to do. And yeah, I'd complain to my mom about the heavy workload because I thought my friends had it so easy. But truthfully, on a deep level, I had like the secret sense of pride that I was successfully making it through one of the most challenging curriculum programs out there. And if you weren't homeschooled, because I know I'm sort of a rare a rare breed, I get it. Think of it like this. Let's say you have two schools in your hometown. Both of them are amazing schools, yet one is known for being just a little bit harder than the other. Maybe the workload's a little more demanding. The teachers are a little more strict. They pursue this so-called academic excellence. And had I been in a traditional school setting, that would have been the school I went to, where all my friends would have probably been at the other one, still getting an awesome education and probably having a little more fun while doing it. Now, as a teenager, seeing these perfectionistic tendencies that I had, my dad would always tell me, Courtney, you got to focus on the 80% solution. And I'd nod my head and I'd block whatever was coming next because, see, my dad was a numbers guy. He's a wealth advisor. He's always talking numbers. But when he's trying to get me, what he was trying to get me to understand was that no one, not a soul on this earth, knows how much you have to give. To them, your 80% looks like 100%. And his point was, what he was trying to help me see, was that it wasn't worth the pressure, the anxiety the energy and the time to always give 100% in every little thing. Now, if you're familiar at all with the Enneagram, I'm a one, which is also nicknamed the perfectionist. So even though I'm hardwired to make sure every last little I is dotted and T is crossed, I've since learned that my 80% is enough. It is. And by focusing on saving myself that last 20% of energy, it actually allows me to pick and choose where I give 100% of my energy to instead of giving 100% all the time in everything without ever taking care of me. The 80% solution. Nobody cares whether you give 80% or 100%. They don't know the difference. Now, don't misunderstand me. This does not mean you just can do things halfway or that you just do it 80% of the way or that you don't do your best. But don't do like I did and brush this off. Okay, what it means is to be aware of your expectations. No one else's expectations are as high as yours are for yourself. 
Now, we're going to do a future episode where we can dive into the difference between high expectations and high standards because there is a difference, but we'll save that for another day. For now, I just want you to remember, focus on the 80% you can do and let that be enough. Because guys, if you're focusing on doing things 100%, 100% of the time, you will fail. It's inevitable. You can only go at this pace for a limited amount of time. That's because time, energy, willpower, these are all limited resources. And if you're in the habit of doing this, giving your all in everything, all the time, it creates this dangerous thinking pattern that looks and sounds something like this. Well, if I can't do it perfectly, then it's not worth doing at all. Ooh, did that just hit you in the gut? Did you feel any kind of resistance coming up for you in your being just now? If you did, it means you need to lean in and explore this. It's like saying, okay, I'm going to start a new workout routine. It's January 1st. This year is going to be my year. So you get all excited and you check out the classes your studio or your gym is offering. You go out and buy a bunch of new workout clothes. You order a healthy meal prep service or start making meal plans, or maybe you even hire a nutritionist to help you make sure you're eating right. Maybe you hire a personal trainer this time to make sure you're doing all this right. You want to do it right because you've tried it before and last time it didn't last. And this time you want to make sure you're doing it right so that you actually see results. So Monday rolls around, you're out of bed, you're eager to go, you put on those new workout clothes and you get going, you go meet up with your trainer, you're doing pretty good, you're eating well, the week goes on, the weekend comes, the next week comes around and you get asked to go out to dinner with a friend of yours or maybe lunch with a client, right? And they're having a glass of wine so you feel like, well, I should order wine too, I can't just sit here and not have wine, I mean, they're not gonna drink alone, right? So you order the wine. Maybe they order dessert and you're like, Oh, I really want to be good. Maybe you speak up and say, oh, I'm doing the new meal plan right now. I can't really have dessert. And they're like, come on, what's a bite of dessert going to do? And one bite turns into 10. And you start to think, ah, I just slipped up. Shoot. Well, I'll just get back on track tomorrow. Tomorrow, that mystical land where 99% of human productivity is stored. Maybe if you have a personal trainer, it lasts a little longer. They're able to hold you accountable a little bit longer. But eventually, chances are, you fall victim to the trap that if you can't do it perfectly, if you can't do it right, well, it's just not worth doing at all. And so subtly, slowly, you slip back into your old habits of thinking and being. Now look, most people apply this kind of thinking to self-care too. And if you're making this mistake, you've got it backwards. How many times have you started a journaling practice or a meditation practice? Or even tried to schedule regular massages or get regular exercise and have stopped because things have come up and your practice doesn't look perfect. It's no wonder you don't do it. Feels like you're failing at something, right? And as humans, we are hardwired not to fail. So we avoid it at all costs in the big things and in the little things. It's a way your unconscious mind tries to protect you. And what we have to notice and change is how we consciously approach it. Neuroplasticity is a real thing. You can go look up the research for yourself. It is possible to rewire your brain and create new habits of thinking. But if you choose to stay stuck in this old thinking pattern that it's not worth doing if you can't do it 100% right, of course you won't have time for it because it'll feel like you're not succeeding. And if you're not succeeding, it will feel like you're failing. 
And as a result, self-care moves lower down on your priority list because you don't value it enough to make time for. It's not high enough up there on that internal order of things you value. It goes on the list of things you're failing at. So of course your brain is going to resist you doing it. Make sense? This is huge. Okay, so now that you realize this and we've gotten more to the root of what's really going on here, change is now possible. We can't change what we're not aware of. That's why everything starts with awareness. Once you're aware of how you're behaving unconsciously, you can consciously make the choice to shift that old pattern of thinking that's not serving you into a new pattern of thinking that does serve you. It's just that for most people, they struggle to find success at the expense of themselves, putting themselves on the back burner for the sake of everything else because they're not aware of what's really going on. But you're smart. You know you need to take care of yourself. You know having personal time is important. You want that. And you know that no one's truly responsible for taking care of you but you. Your care of yourself is on you. And as I always say to my students inside of my Effortless Life Academy and our higher level programs, you are the human behind the business. Your business, your job, it's just there. It does nothing without you. It doesn't grow without you. If you're not growing, it can't grow. It can't thrive if you're not thriving. If you're in survival mode, it will be in survival mode. Yet we expect our businesses, our jobs, which are an extension of us, to grow and thrive and be successful. But it's a backwards way of thinking because if you aren't growing and thriving and if you aren't finding success in all areas of your life, how will your business grow, your career? If you truly want to grow and reach more of your goals, and your dreams. It's important to take a step back and evaluate where in your life are things falling through the cracks. That's got to be your starting point. And then next from there, you got to identify what you need. And what you need might change every day. It might change every moment. This is exactly why outside of my monthly massage and chiropractor visits, I personally have given up the idea of every other self-care practice as something that's part of my routine that I have to do every day or else. No, I just tune in. I listen to my body. I pay attention to my thoughts. I listen to my mind and I notice the signs. If I'm feeling tired or stressed, I ask myself, what do I need right now? Sometimes the answer is just to take a break. Sometimes it's to get outside, get some fresh air. Sometimes it's go relax in the bath or journal or all the other self-care stuff you typically hear suggested. But the key is, I don't do all of the things every day. I just do what I need when I need it. And this is liberating. So, so liberating. It gives you freedom. It gives you the flexibility to explore. And it gives you the satisfaction of knowing that you're not failing. In fact, quite the opposite. If you can tune into what you need to become aware of it in any given moment and to give yourself permission to allow yourself to get what you need, you will suddenly find yourself practicing self-care or self-nourishment, as I like to call it, in ways you never have before. I got to tell you about Amanda. She is a busy mom of two. Her and her husband own a gym and they're at the gym let me tell you, they are dedicated to what they do and sun up to sundown every day. 
And she manages a lot of the back end behind the scenes stuff of the gym. And she used to run around every day like a chicken with her head cut off, as she would say. And she's like, you know, I would just jump from one thing to the next and one thing to the next. And so worried. Am I, am I making the right decision? Am I doing this right? And on and on and all the overwhelm and the stress that you and I are far too familiar with. We all know what that feels like. And she said, Courtney, once I learned how to ask myself this, I mean, I cannot thank you enough for this simple tool that you have given me to really tune in and be present to my emotions, to what I'm feeling. She said the other day, I walked into the gym. She said it was like mid-morning. She said 10 a.m. I had already been running around all morning trying to get the kids situated, all of these things, you know, and she's just beating herself up. She's like, I forgot socks for my son and, you know, dropping them off at preschool. And she's like, all these things are on my mind. And she said, I just walked into my office and I closed the door and I leaned up against the door and I just closed my eyes and I asked myself, what do I need right now? And she said, immediately, the answer came to her. It was as clear as day. She just needed to have five minutes to herself. She actually needed to go and eat something. She hadn't eaten anything yet. And just take a moment, a breather. And she said, so that's what I did. I left. I went and got a coffee and some breakfast. And I just took a moment before I went back into my day. And she said, my whole day was different from that point forward. Guys, this is powerful stuff. But yet we're trained to go, go, go and do, do, do. We're not taught to slow down and step back. And the reason most people don't do this, they don't slow down, is because they think that slowing down or stepping back will cause them to hit their goals more slowly, to get less things checked off their list. In their mind, they've got to keep going. Otherwise, they lose momentum. They make slower progress. In fact, I bet you've experienced that. I've experienced that. Yet actually, the opposite is true. It's just that all or nothing mindset popping up again. If I'm not working hard, if I'm not moving closer to my goals, then I'm getting farther away from them. Therefore, I have to work hard if I want to hit my goals. And if I'm not doing it right 100% of the time, if I'm not doing it perfectly, I'm failing and I don't want to fail. So therefore, I have to keep working. I have to keep working until I get it right. Guys, that mindset is hurting you. Give it up. If you take anything away from this episode, here's what I want you to remember. Number one, that the all or nothing mindset, thinking that if you can't do it right or can't do it perfectly, that it's not worth doing, that's tied to a deeper fear-based thought, the thought of, I don't want to fail. It's your mind's way of keeping you safe. And it's something that you have conscious control of now that you're aware of it. And number two, to remember that one of the ways to shift beliefs is to simply trade the old one for a new one. Really simple. So I want you to trade that belief of, I can't do it right, so I'm not going to do it at all for a question. Because the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask. And I want you to start asking yourself, what do I need right now? At first, maybe you got to ask yourself this several times a day. Any moment you notice yourself feeling those familiar feelings of stress or overwhelm, ask yourself, what do I need right now in this moment? And listen, follow your body's lead. If you need a break, take a break. If you're feeling particularly emotional, feel like you've got a lot to process, you need to process through some stuff, grab your journal, write for 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be this regimented, rigid thing. That'll hurt you more than help you. What'll help you the most is shifting the belief that's causing you to put self-care to the back burner in the first place. And I walked you through how to do that today. Really simple. Trade that old belief for your new one and start paying attention when you notice those feelings of stress and overwhelm because they're indicating where you've gotten off track. We've got all kinds of beliefs in all different areas of our life. Some serve us, others limit us. 
And if you've been feeling stuck or like you're working so hard without seeing the results you expect, then you definitely want to go check out the programs and tools I have available to you on how you can really up-level your entire life and work with me so I can help you see the opportunities for your transformation and growth. And if this is something you'd like to explore, just head to CourtneyElmer.com slash up-level for all the info there. You guys, I appreciate you being here. I love meeting you here every week. I love hearing from you, hearing your feedback on the show. And as always, go forth and live your effortless life. You're amazing. Keep shining your light. See you next time. Since you're listening to my voice right now on a podcast, I have to assume you're the type of person who likes podcasts. And if you like podcasts, then maybe you've considered hosting one of your own to help grow your business. But sadly, I have watched so many entrepreneurs spend countless hours creating their shows only to launch to crickets and gain zero traction. And what good is a podcast if it doesn't get you more sales and clients? The truth is you can't launch a podcast based on hope, but you can build a highly successful show with the right strategy. And don't worry, I've got the strategy and I want to show you how to create, launch and leverage your message into a show that positions you as a credible leader in your industry and ultimately creates more traffic and sales for your business. But first, there are five surprising misconceptions out there about podcasting that you should know before launching one. That's why I created a free PDF worksheet for you called, that's why I created this free PDF worksheet for you called five things you need to know before launching your podcast. Seriously, don't try to create a show without reading this guide first. Inside, I'll take the guesswork out of the pod. Inside, I'll take the guesswork out of the podcasting process so you can figure out if you're really ready to start one of your own. Go grab your copy at CourtneyElmer.com slash effortless podcasting guide. That's all one word. CourtneyElmer.com slash effortless podcasting guide. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 